Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Standard Definition, the retro nostalgia podcast here on the Boss Rush Network. I am one of your hosts, Corey Deergan, alongside me this week for our MCU in review. None other than the PC Muscle Race himself in a new location, Mr. Laron Dawkins. Hey, what's poppin', everybody? Hi, Laron. Hey, Corey. How's it going? It's going. I see you are... Uh, slumming it with the headset and the Skype right? and the laptop <laughs> webcam. Right? <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm on a laptop and not on my rig, you know, because uh because even though there's internet in the house, like internet has been, not been run through every bedroom in the house. So mm-hmm. it's like come on guys. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. So 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 here here it is, like perfect example. Right now my nice my nice gaming rig is basically a two thousand five hundred dollar plus paperweight right now it's a it's expensive paperweight i mean i mean i got i got enough stuff to do just just can't just can't online game so you know i guess i should be playing some of those single player games mm. you know what's good at not playing you know, online? Uh, the switch what's that <laughs> yeah yeah as a matter of fact my switch is my switch is actually in my bed right now <laughs> mm. that's fair also joining us is the man the myth the legend Mark Pereira. Hi, Mark. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Mark, I'm so glad you're here to do MCU with us. This is... I'm so glad I'm here. To be fair, I wanted to do, like, eventually get through the MCU movies through standard definition, but I think you're the reason that we're making it a consistent staple throughout the next, I don't know, however long the MCU exists, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So... Yeah, you you made us a nice list. I think we still have some things to edit to see like what's going to be included and what's not because like, right? Obviously, the end of Hawkeye and the end of what something else made some things not canon and maybe canon. Right. And we'll are see. we are we are we talking about the Web Slinger movie? No, we're talking about the pendant at the end of. Oh, did you watch Hawkeye yet? Hmm. Spoilers, mm-hmm. guys, for all MCU. By the way, we're gonna spoil every MCU movie. Every, every, every. Even if we're not talking about spoiled. that MCU movie, so this is your warning right here. We'll mm-hmm. put the warning at the top of every show. Whatever. The pendant that that Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a watch? I thought it was a pendant. It was a relic. Yes. It was a relic. Yeah. Gives gives uh, Linda Cardellini at the end. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you so not that know? That kind of renders Agents of Shield not in continuity. Exactly, which which I'm happy about. Don't worry, Leron. We're going to do Agents of Shield Hawk- just for you. Hawkeye was Shield before before the Avengers Initiative. Hawkeye was Shield. Yeah, yeah, but Mockingbird was already in Agents of Shield. Adrian True yo uh, yeah Bobby Morse who technically who yeah, technically yeah. is yeah. Mockingbird but I think she was supposed to evolve into Mockingbird during her run of Agents of Shield but you know you know stuff right. happened stuff happened well they want to, they want to spin spin her off into her own show right. um and then and then and then ABC didn't greenlight the whatever whatever they had for the pilot right which sucks because I was like I was like man I actually liked her character I'm, she, was, she get, and her, the guy she was going to do it with, were the best part oh, yeah. of Nick Blood. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, seasons, yeah. of seasons two and three. Yes, yes, they were. Right. Yeah. yeah, 
But, Laron, I have news for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're going to do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hell yes. Just for you. Hell yes. We're going to do it season. So, what? So okay, so this is the second episode of Standard Definition that's going up for everybody. Uh, the first episode we did was Ghostbusters. You'll be able to check that out uh, soon, I guess. Well, I guess if you're listening to this, it's already up, so you can go listen to it. It was me, Stoy, Stephanie, and Jesse talked two hours on Ghostbusters because I watched it for the first time this past weekend. <laughs> you can no longer be ridiculed by Chris from Crossroads. That's not true. There's about 7,000 other movies I haven't seen, so uh, which is also well, the other half of why standard definition exists. Well, guess what? We ridicule Chris all the time, so y'all can both share the wealth. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But so we're going to what we're going to do, we're going to do all the MCU, right? This group right here, consistent crew right here. We're going to rank the MCU movies and included television. Does that include the one shots? Are we going to do the one shots or are we just going to be like, meh, one shots? Like, like, which one shots are we talking about? Which ones? Like, I know they did one with Ben Kingsley for the Mandarin. Right. Oh, no, 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 things to talk about which i doubt in the mcu right you could do one yeah. for all the one shots because they stopped at some point so there's a yeah. finite amount yeah. yeah which which by yeah. the which by the way like i'm i'm glad shang chi like you know like gave ben kingley's character character a purpose yeah oh yeah yeah it was I mean, awesome it, in that movie it, 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 yeah it, it, was, it, it was a nice way of retconning the whole the whole the whole mandarin thing without actually retconning it right mm-hmm so that's what I like. That's what I like about like like serious like movie and TV right in this day and age. Like like <laughs> shoot, back when back when I was a kid, they didn't take this shit seriously at all. Yeah. Uh. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna rank the MC the official MCU movies and Disney Plus shows for sure, and then we're still trying to decide what to do with like the Netflix shows and like Agent Carter and stuff. But we'll get there when we get there. We'll talk about that off air. So for for TV shows, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that off here. For TV shows, I have, I have words. <laughs> for TV shows, LeBron, I think for something like Agents of Shield, we're going to do it season by season. Sure. And then for something like WandaVision, Loki, etc., the Disney Plus we shows, we can do the whole, well, the whole, the I think, whole run. Do we want to do the whole like the whole season in one go, or do we want to do like half and half, like make it a two part? I'd say half and half because WandaVision to date is like the longest running, like as far as like numbered yeah. episodes. Plus, like the first five episodes are completely different from the second three. Right. Episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of our plan for the MCU. Uh, you know, it, it I'm, I'm so excited because I, LaRon, we were talking about doing this last year at some point, just, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, doing it for something. And, uh, because Logan was still with us, and we were talking about doing it for Q List, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean now that that show is gone and this show is back, we can kind of work Mark into the mix and make it something awesome. Because Mark is basically running Boss Rush Entertainment now, so yeah, yeah why basically, not? Basically, he <laughs> is running Boss Rush Entertainment. Look at him, <laughs> look at him. His him and his Spider Man movie marathon reviews getting thousands of views. Hey, whatever. that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Congrats, man. Yeah. Thanks. By the way, I do want to do the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies at some point too, Mark. Yeah, I think we should. I just, 
I just watched I just watched Homecoming with a, with a friend of mine over the weekend. Like um like like uh, like like she was um she was home she was home by herself um because her husband her husband's on duty. So um so and she was and she was she she was talking about it. she had an interest in like the, the Spider Man movies because she was thinking about going to see the new one when her husband had time. And but then she was like, well, but I haven't seen the other ones. I was like, well, we start now. Like, let's let's get homecoming. Let's do this. Yeah. So that's our plan for the MCU. It's probably gonna be like an every other week thing, I think, is what we kind of decided. So uh, in between, we're going to do like the Disney animation stuff, some random 80s stuff, maybe some video game stuff in there. We have an Indiana Jones uh, saga planned that I really want to do. And so there's going to be some random stuff in between, but uh, MCU every other week. So be excited. I'm excited. Also, I had the great idea of every time we review an MCU movie, we put a shirt on the merch store with the logo of Standard Def, but in the font of the movie. So, like, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful idea. So, I think we're gonna do that, guys. I'm excited. Thank you for taking the time out of your what is it? What is today? Tuesday? Is tonight? Tuesday? Still? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Tuesday. Uh, it feels it feels weird given that Christmas was on Saturday. Like this whole weird week feels off now. I know. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Leron, I know Crossroads records on Tuesday night, so I think we're going to aim to record the show on Monday nights during the Pow Block slot. Okay. Uh, you know, and then if we do MCU every other week, that'll, you know, if Mark ever wants to be on Pow Block or whatever, we can kind of fit it in there. And then, sorry for going over all this back end stuff with everybody. It's, we're still trying to figure this out. Uh, well, well, all of our all of our listening all of our listeners are are nation boss rush, so like they so they, they know they know how the, how the streaming schedules go and stuff. To, so also yeah. to be fair, this is like this is like the tenth podcast I've recorded in the last week. So I'm like, oh man, my brain is kind of fried, and I have what we have two more tomorrow, and then we're doing one on Thursday, and then I'm recording right. something with Ed on Friday, and then somewhere in there we still have to record the YouTube channel trailer, Laurent like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so which will probably be maybe i don't know sometime let's do it at, let's do it after new year's yeah let's do it after new year's yeah but uh anyways this is this is your uh episode of standard definition here we go uh i'm gonna read the housekeeping real quick and then we will jump right into iron man this is Standard Definition, the Retro Nostalgia Podcast here on the Boss Rush Network, where each and every Sunday we come together with our friends from around the internet to talk about games, movies, shows, and other topics that make us nostalgic. You can come support us and get the show two weeks early by heading over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Network, or subscribe on free feeds. If you listen to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out, really helps with discoverability, and I know... You're going to want more people to listen to this show because the more people that listen, the more we will continue to provide more shows. You can also catch all of our content on our YouTube channel and on bossrush.net. Note, merch store open right now. I'm, I, I, I realize Redbubble is not the highest of quality in terms of like sweatshirts and type material. I'm looking for, for other avenues for that. Uh, but right now, 
if you have to have our merch right now, which I would really appreciate if you would buy a t-shirt or a sticker or something, that'd be cool. Uh, you can head on over to redbubble.com slash boss rush network and, uh, buy some merch. Or if you're on our website watching this, you can click the little store button up this way. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you can, you can buy something nice water bottle, blanket, tote bag, dress. We have a dress. You're into that. So, uh, also standard definition after dark, uh, are all in review as of this recording. It should be up soon. And then we will start adding the cool standard def uh, logo t-shirts, which we're also going to do that for Boss Rush Podcast too, Laurent, for some things I'll tell you after the show because we already did too All much right. too much crap. Uh, anyways, Iron Man, that little ditty. Iron Man was released on May 2nd, 2008 by Paramount Pictures. How odd was it to see the paramount mountain with the stars fly around when you watched yeah, it freaking crazy oh my god i, I was like, watching I, the wrong movie at first i know i did too. Right? yeah i did yeah. too i was like did i click on the wrong thing i'm like oh crap yeah, this, is yeah. <laughs> this is pre-disney this is pre-disney so uh because disney didn't buy marvel until 2011 so this is pre-disney uh and also marvel Stu- marvel studios first movie as well as a uh, solo entity. Uh, Obviously, X-Men, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four all existed pre-Iron Man, uh, Blade even, but this is is the first uh, self, I guess, produced movie from Marvel Studios. Directed by Jon Favreau, the movie starring a then lesser beloved Robert Downey Jr. and a large supporting cast launched the most ambitious cinema universe since Star Wars, Iron Man also popularized the end credit sequence, which was used to, as a promotional tool for the next film. It was a huge risk, especially since Marvel signed away their most popular franchises like Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four, to Sony and Fox, respectively, and due to financial uh, difficulties at the studio, which left them with a B-tier roster to work with, which is why the first movies were Iron Man, uh, Incredible Hulk, Thor, and Captain America. The budget for this movie, by the way, 140 million. Uh, total box office was uh, 585 million, including 318 million domestic, with a 102 million dollar opening weekend, which is a lot larger than I anticipated reading, mm-hmm. just because it's Iron Man. You know, like because we think of Iron Man being super popular now, he wasn't popular in 2008. Nobody, I had never even heard of Iron Man, right? right. Like. I mean, like, I, not that I was the biggest comic book reader, but I read a lot of X-Men and, and you know, I read the occasional Spider-Man or, or, you know, a couple other things, right? Like, I had never even heard of Iron Man in 2008. And uh, so that really surprised me. Uh, Mark, you wrote some great notes here, too, in the doc as well. X-Men uh, had made $157 million domestic on its release. Fantastic Four, $154 million domestic domestic. Uh, when it released, we're talking. We're talking about just no. That was total. <laughs> that was that was domestic total. Yeah. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. So fantastic. So fantastic swords. Two movies or the two movies no, in the reboot. No, just the just, just the a, one fantastic just the four first movie. Fantastic its four movie. entire domestic haul was oh, okay, okay. four million. Um, which arguably Fantastic Four was much more popular than Iron Man in terms of IP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's X Men oh, too. I, I totally. 
like X Men for sure, right? I can't believe X Men only made 157 million domestic. Movies didn't make superhero movies didn't make big bucks back then. It was a I, huge gamble. I know they were all at risk. I know yeah. it's just like like thinking of how popular the X Men cartoon was in the 90s, right. and then leading up to that first X Men movie, like. When I knew X Men was coming, in Spider like Spider Man, I was like, okay, yeah, Spider Man, that's cool. But like X Men was like, they're gonna make an X Men movie, holy crap! And like, mm-hmm. only, I, like this that number shocked me for X Men. Fantastic Four, I was like, I don't know, I kind of felt like Fantastic Four is like a franchise, even though it's popular, it's like a IP stuck in its time, kind of, you know. And uh, so I don't know, it was. It was just shocking seeing those numbers. But the other opposite end of the spectrum, when DC was like killing it in the movie theaters in 2008, shocking. The Dark Knight made over a billion dollars worldwide uh, that year. So that kind of puts everything into perspective, I guess. So Batman, Dark Knight. We need to do those movies too, by the way. Yeah. We Dark, do. Dark Knight, great movie. Great, great movie. Uh, so before we kind of get into the story and what's kind of happening in the story and the characters and everything. What were your impressions watching this movie or rewatching this movie? Can I go first? Yeah, I go first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so back when, back when Iron Man was coming out, like, um, like I used to, I used to know like some people. So I used to get hookups to like, to like early screenings of movies and stuff like that. And, and what they would do is they would not tell you what movie you were going to see until you actually were inside, like the actual the theater auditorium. That's when they would tell you. Um, so, so you just got these tickets. You just got these tickets, and it was a gamble. Like, you do you go see the, a movie you don't know you don't know anything about, or do you or, or do you just stay home and just like screw it? So, so me and a buddy, like I got I got two tickets. So me and a buddy went, and um, and. I immediately and when we got in there, when we got in there, they were even tight-lipped about it because they were like, they were like, listen, like all we're gonna tell you is it's a superhero movie. That's all we're gonna tell you. And I'm like a superhero movie, and I'm sitting there thinking like, what could they be doing? Um, I can't even remember what was in circulation at the time. So, but I do know I was I was hoping it wasn't an X Men movie. I know because X Men kind of turned me off. Um, but so like we get down our seats and everything, and um. And we see the Paramount logo, and they accidentally and they accidentally ran a trailer. So I actually got to see. I actually got to see. I I, I was in, I was one of the first people to see the trailer for for the 2009 Star Trek movie that was getting to come out because <laughs> they accidentally ran a trailer. They weren't supposed to run a trailer. Uh, so the movie. So so like so like the movie is getting ready to start. The, the the publicist comes out there and is like, "Hello, everybody. Welcome. Like, we're glad you're here and everything. Thank you for taking the opportunity to come out." And like you're about to see something that we've been working hard on, and and the next words came out of her mouth, and like everybody just went nuts. She's like, she was like, you're about to watch Iron Man tonight, <laughs> and everybody just went nuts because because like it was rumored that an Iron Man movie was coming, <laughs> but just just hearing those words, like everybody just went crazy. So. Here I am, and here I am with maybe about with maybe about a hundred other people in a theater. 
We're watching. We're we're watching this movie for the first time, and I was freaking me and my me and my buddy. We were just blown away. We were like, man, this is probably one of the tightest superhero movies we've seen since. I can't. I I can't think of a of a superhero movie that was that was that good up to that point. Um, I would say the only sure. thing close to that in terms of superhero well, movies would have been Spider Man Two, probably at that point, right? Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 fair. Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, I mean, up, because I did, up I did enjoy the. I, sorry. Right. Sorry. Up to that point, like we had, yeah, we had Batman Begins, right? Like we had Batman Begins, which was it was good. It wasn't it wasn't great, right? It like, I don't think the Nolan trilogy came into its own until the second movie, right? Like the I, second I, movie. I, yeah. Like we had the we had Batman Begins, which was which was good, not great, good in my opinion. We had Spider Man, right? Like the sp- first Spider Man movie was was good. The second one was was great, uh, mm. and we had a couple okay to bad X Men movies, right? Like I mean, and Fantastic Four movies weren't great either. Like we, there was the bar was so low. I feel like yeah. that this could have been a mediocre movie at best, and still, it's like the way we talk about video game movies today, right? Where like the bar was so low. That Iron Man could have set a new bar, even if it was mediocre. Man, video game movies need to need to need to hit that Marvel bar. I'm I mean for real because yeah. I just I just saw Ra- Welcome to Raccoon City last weekend and I was pissed. <laughs> when X Men Two had come out in 2003, which is a pretty good X Men film, it did pretty well. But X-Men, I mean, uh, superhero hits were few and far between at this point, and they were not right. seen as serious, at least money-making movies. And it's it's interesting because it's hard to think of Iron Man in the context of 2021 because he's the most popular superhero now, or one of the most popular superheroes now. Robert Downey Jr. is at the top of his game right now, but Iron Man was a risk. Nobody knew who Iron Man was, and out of the two movies that they decided to move forward with, Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk, the Incredible Hulk was the known property. That was the surefire hit that they were making. Mm-hmm. And they knew, they were like, okay, Iron Man was considered the kind of niche art house film that they were doing just to kind of bring one of their other properties to screen. Um, they were like, all of our money's on the Hulk. And what's interesting is iron man did much better than the hulk did i mean the hulk did oh fine, yeah but um, the hulk did fine yeah i think at the time but, though incredible I mean, hulk man, incredible hulk still had the stink of the ang lee film right like right and people didn't know if it was like a sequel to that movie at this point like or was it just like are we rebooting again it's the hulk is it just gonna be like a weird let's smash stuff action movie right like right okay unpopular opinion Angley Incredible Hulk was not that bad. I've never I'm, seen it. So I'm 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 watching it now for the first time to prepare for when we record our next well, I know we're not we're not doing that movie, but I'm saying if you if you re, so I'm reading the the story of Marvel Studios, which is a big two volume book about the story of the entire Infinity saga. So everything from Iron Man through Spider Man uh Far From Home. And um when they're talking about making the Incredible Hulk, they really view Ang Lee's The Hulk as the first movie, and they view The Incredible Hulk as kind of like a spiritual sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so they they didn't really consider i mean they considered it like a soft reboot but they in we could talk about this when we talk about that movie, but um, I they, they, start, they, they keep they, stop rebooting Hulk. They, right. So what you're they, saying yeah, is we should have started with Ang Lee's Hulk for MCU time. No, but, no, 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 but, no, no. We're doing we're doing this right. We're, we're doing this right. right. We're starting we're but starting my, with the movie that kicked everything off. Yes, but my point is, is it's it's interesting because they had while Ang Lee's Hulk didn't set the world on fire it made its budget back it made more than its budget it did pretty good it had good uh critic uh reviews um and so it's just interesting to try to put your mind back in 2007 2008 where marvel's like okay even if iron man fails we know that the incredible hulk is going to do amazing because that's our known ip that's going to be our blockbuster hit and it just was the complete reversal of that. And Iron Man, I mean, they completely, not only did Iron Man do so well, the entire MCU is built on Tony Stark's shoulders. I mean, exactly. every, every uh, you know, Spider-Man wouldn't, ex- Spider-Man in the MCU wouldn't exist without Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at all of the the shows the that Captain are coming out on Disney+, Plus, um, WandaVision wouldn't have happened without Iron Man, without him creating uh, Vision. Ultron. Um, um you wouldn't have armor wars is coming out like all the iron heart all these things that have to do with iron man and so it really is the house that iron man built and it's crazy because it was such a risk in 2008 because yeah. no one knew who iron man was and then robert downey jr himself like he was you know he was he had a really great career and then had really public struggles with with addiction and so he was a risk too because they couldn't get insurance for him because he was an insurance insurance risk. Um, and so they just made a huge gamble with Iron Man. And it's really knowing what we know now is just really crazy to think of how uncertain it was Yeah, at that time. Yeah. And like to tell, I mean, not that they did it in this movie, but they do touch on it in the second movie to tell a story about someone who actually kind of struggles with you know, really some sort of addiction, right? Like, with alcoholism specifically in the second movie like yeah. to cast someone who struggles with addiction in a role well, of a character an actual addict. yeah like that's that was probably like i mean there were so many red flags i don't know if you guys watched the like the documentary or whatever assembling uh, the one on disney plus mm-hmm. i forget what it's called mm-hmm. uh about it was called sim- it was called the symbol was it okay yeah, yeah. in in like other people that saw like they were looking at to look to play uh Tony Stark were Tom Cruise and Nicolas Cage at some point cuz like the rights kind of flip-flop between Paramount and Fox and uh there's a third entity in there at some point Universal I think cuz that's where the Hulk ended up going right uh so I mean I don't know I couldn't imagine anybody else playing this character right just he it, yeah it's like it's equivalent to Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. Like, I don't. There's very few people you could imagine playing these characters now, you know. But but what it signaled is that when they hired Robert Downey Jr., who yes had struggles and, and all of that, was it signaled that Marvel was in the business of making movies, not superhero movies. Because yeah. Robert Downey Jr., I don't know if he had won an, uh, an Oscar, if he was nominated for an Oscar, but he was at least an Oscar-nominated actor who 
before that point, that was unheard of to have. And because Robert Downey Jr. signed on, then Jeff Bridges said yes, and Gwyneth Paltrow said yes, mm-hmm. who are really, really odd choices for a popcorn blockbuster superhero movie. And they would not, and it, it really, it really signaled to everyone that that Marvel and, and Kevin Feige in particular were looking to do character first and not spectacle. And, and, and that I think is the difference in Iron Man when you watch it. Um, it really is about the character of Tony Stark and how he becomes Iron Man and the characters around him. And the spectacle really takes a back seat to that character development. And he kind of, it kind of loses that a little bit in Iron Man 2, but it picks it back up in Iron Man 3. But um, it, it really is this kind of focus on character and not spectacle for spectacle's sake. Yeah, there's really, like, yeah. to that point, aside from, like, the the cave sequence where, where he's escaping and, like, kind of the end sequence where he's fighting, you know, Ironmonger, like, there's no, there's not really a lot of action in this movie, right? right. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there, I guess there's, like, that small scene where he flies and blows up the tank, that really cool scene where he blows up the tank and he's walking away and it blows up, which is really cool. It's, like, the coolest scene in the whole movie. And then, like, I guess the airplane scene, right, or the fighter, the fighter the jet, jet scene the fire jets. is yeah. cool. But, like, there's really not a lot of, like, I mean, you think of MCU today, every 30 seconds I feel like there's a action scene, right? And and this really doesn't have that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a nice breath of fresh air it's like you have some time to breathe between scenes and you can really get to know these characters and and listen i i love the mcu and and i i love where it is right now and i love everything that it's doing but it's nice to take a step back where everything wasn't trying to set up the next 10 years of films yeah and it was just let's tell this one really really small story it's a really small story. If you were to put an outline on paper, it's like three bullet points. <laughs> and this feels like let's just. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, sorry. it's just it's nice to to have that. Yeah, this really feels like what Disney's trying to do on the Disney Plus shows. To be yeah. honest, like this type of story is what they're doing now with the Disney Plus shows, and it's really. It was like you said. It was a really nice change of pace. It was a breath of fresh air. Uh, a lot of like really deep storytelling in this m- movie that like, I mean, you still see it in the MCU, but like, man, it's just, they did, they did something really cool here with this. Like you said, they went movie first, superhero movie second, which was right. the smart move, mm-hmm. Yeah, which they actually did in, in the incredible Hulk also, which we'll do next time, obviously. But like, there's not a lot of Hulk in, in the incredible Hulk either. Right. Yeah, and there's reasons for that, which we can talk about next time. There's there's some behind the scenes turmoils that happen right. with that movie, but right. Um, but but again, what a way to put your mark. Like say, here we are to, to come out with this movie with a character nobody knew about, with an actor that nobody really cared about anymore, who was a liability, mm-hmm. and you know, do a movie that was mostly like I would say more than half not action. And just dominate, like take over the world with that movie. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to read a small synopsis here real quick of the movie, just so people who I don't know how you haven't seen this movie already, if you're listening to this. So uh, 
Uh, in 2008's Iron Man, uh, the movie tells the story of Tony Stark, a billionaire industrialist and a genius inventor who is kidnapped and forced to build a devastating weapon. Instead of using his intelligence, instead using his intelligence and ingenuity, Tony builds a high-tech suit of armor and escapes captivity. When he uncovers a nefarious plot with global implications, he dons his powerful armor and vows to protect the world as Iron Man. Uh, so yeah, so let's let's talk about Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. specifically. Uh, perfect fit for the role. I mean, we kind of already went over it, but like, I, who who else would be playing this this role? Like. You know, I can't. I can't imagine anyone. I, I really can't. It's crazy to think like, what would this movie be like with Tom Cruise? Because uh, Tom Cruise was in in the running for Iron Man or was considered, which I think, I don't know, not to be spoilery or talk about rumors or whatever, but I think that that's gonna play into some some multiverse soul shenanigans in future movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Like, I think it would be like if Tom, Tom Cruise is a fantastic actor, Tom Cruise is committed to his, um, to his stunts and is, is a great, um, action actor. And so I think it would be a really cool movie, but I just don't, Tom Cruise is charismatic, all of those things, but there's just something, there's something a little desperate about Robert Downey Jr. particularly in this movie. And I think he really wanted to prove that he was some someone to be talked about again someone to be talked yeah. about positively again yeah. and i think that that really shows i think he I, mean, I was reading a story about when he showed up for the screen test which was which was pretty unheard of because even though he came on some hard times he was a big actor and the, he in order to convince the higher ups to hire robert downey jr he said i'll do a screen test and so he came in in some big fancy sports car sped in walked in wearing a big you know a suit and a scarf and kind of threw a scarf over his shoulder and was like I'm ready for my makeup and kind of walked in all Tony Stark like and it's like even from that moment he embodied the character and so I think he was he was really desperate to prove that he could do it again and I think that that's what that's that something extra that sets his his uh, role apart is mm-hmm. that he needed this movie. This movie needed him, but he really needed this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, agreed, agreed. Yeah, and uh, like there are scenes in that movie where you can tell, like sometimes you're like, is this is this him acting or is this him really being, <laughs> you know, like yeah. needing this, you know, like uh, I don't know. It just it just felt like a real performance, and not like not that nobody else is performances feel real or anything but like this felt like a real performance like life or death performance for him you know and and it just it just works man it just works so uh so also in this movie who signed on because robert downey jr was in it was jeff bridges also another amazing performance because like i don't know when i think of jeff bridges i think of I think of, you know, uh, uh, Tron or or the dude, right? Like, I, I just think of – that's Jeff Bridges, right? I don't think of him as this, like, scary villain character, right? But he is. He's a great villain. 
And and what's interesting is that when he signed on, he wasn't supposed to be the villain. The Mandarin was supposed to be the villain. And when they kind of got closer to shooting and Jeff Bridges was already cast, they were like, this isn't working. We have to do too much ex- explanation of who the Mandarin is. And, and it just feels a little bit too fantastical. And so they kind of changed it a little bit. And so they had to, John Favreau had to go to Jeff Bridges and be like, listen, you didn't sign on to be the bad guy, but we'd like for you to be the bad guy. And then he, he crushed it. He did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think up to a certain point, which we can talk about. Um, but uh, um, basically the last job, act of the movie. Even, yeah. 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 Um, but he, he wasn't even supposed to be the villain in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was great. Like I, I think, when I saw this movie, like it, it really threw me off that he was the villain, you know, like, it's like at the party when they kind of like reveal that he's behind the, the what's happening. Right. And, and uh, then he goes to where Tony Stark was captured and, and kind of murders the entire camp essentially. Yeah. Uh, like that was, that was intense. Like I, I was like, Oh man, this is, this is crazy. Like this is, this is, and then when he's like yelling at the scientists to make the arc reactor sm- smaller, right. Where he's like, the technology's right here. And you know, Tony Stark's got it and made it out of a box of scraps. <laughs> you know, like it was, that was a great, I, I, I loved, I loved those scientists uh, reaction to that too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, again, it was really smart casting and a smart decision to make him the bad guy because it was against type. So now you watch the movie and it's very, I feel it's pretty obvious he's going to be the bad guy. Right. Um, I feel like they really show that that kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, but the first telephone time... that that's going to happen, but the first time he, he, what Jeff Bridges usually wasn't the villain. And so to have him play the villain, that really did subvert expectations once again. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy that he wasn't intended to be the villain. Come on. Look, look at that name. Obadiah Stane. Come on. That sounds like a, <laughs> well, I that think sounds like a twirly mustache. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> my thing, my thing is I wish like, I wish the villain roles and, 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 and I know we're kind of staying away maybe from future stuff, but like, I wish the roles would have been, changed between iron man one and two like i wish obadiah would have been the villain in the second movie and whiplash be the villain in the first movie because i feel like jeff bridges was wasted and he's really good as this character and like i mean knowing what we know now right like it makes sense right but like with the end credit scene maybe of him being like the mustache twirling villain almost at the end in an end credit scene almost i don't know i I would have liked to seen more Jeff Bridges in the MCU, and it's sad that like they wasted him on this vil on this first villain, you know, because he's so good, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's really good. Um, uh, so Gwyneth Paltrow plays the uh, greatest assistant of all time, Pepper Potts. Uh, very, very like she's she's not in it a ton, but she's great in the role, right? Like, I mean, she has a few key moments, like when. She kicks uh, the chick that slept over at the beginning, and she says, the reporter. <laughs> I do everything Tony Stark requires, including sometimes taking out the trash. <laughs> this is such a great line. So good. Yeah. It's a good line. Um, yeah. And it's nice, like, again, that subversion of expectations. Like, she wasn't a damsel in distress. I mean, yes. at the I end of the movie, she did, she did, like, he was like, I want to kill... 
pepper pots or whatever, and it's a shame she has to die. And yeah, so yes, she was a damsel and she wasn't distressed, but but she, she wasn't was, she wasn't a classic trope that she used to be no, in the comics and, and the old school cartoons. Right, she was not that right. trope, mm-hmm. right? And she was she was smart. She could she could go toe to toe with with Tony Stark. She was. Um, she had her own kind of wants and desires and they kind of, I feel like even throughout the rest of the, the, her appearances, she did a, they did a really good job with her of having her be not just there to be fodder for the, the hero's story. She was yeah. there in support of the hero's story, but you know, she didn't ever die so that he would have someone to avenge or whatever. She didn't like, she was, she was there to kind of lift him up and, and kind of help him out. Um, and so I thought, and she did, Gwyneth Paltrow did a really great job um, huh? in, in in a role that could have been pretty thankless, but she kind of held her own against Robert Downey Jr. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought she was fantastic in the movie. Yeah. Pepper Potts is, is just a, she's she, like, like you said, Mark, she just she can go to toe to toe with Robert Downey Jr. And even at the end where she's like kind of uh-huh. prepping his makeup or whatever. And she, he's like, do you ever think about that night? And she's like, you mean the night when we danced and you went downstairs to get me a drink and you, you never came back. <laughs> I mean, it was just such a perfect nod towards, Oh, this is the moment where the hero gets the girl and they kiss and whatever. And they didn't do it. Yeah. And it was really nice. Oh yeah. She, oh, yeah. she didn't do it. Like, and she yeah. shot him down. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that. Was, it was very well it was earned it was very good yeah i loved how they wrote her to where like she always handled tony like i right. love that mm-hmm. yeah like the m- most the richest most powerful one of the most richest powerful men in the world and she can just like tell and him no he's and, being, he's... and he's being bitched by his secretary <laughs> that's, right, that's right yeah um so yeah she was she was great uh uh Rody. Uh, Colonel Rhodes, played by Terrence Howard, his one and only appearance as his character uh, in the MCU. I this was the first per, per, person on this list where I thought, okay, they recast him. Don Cheadle obviously plays uh, Rhodey in the MCU now, since Iron Man two. It was a good choice. Like I, I, I not nothing against Terrence Howard. I think he's a good actor, right? Like I think he's great in certain roles but this was this was not one of them i did not buy him as a a military officer like at all yeah he he was in a much different movie than everyone else was Mm -hmm. Um, and i think which again this is interesting now in 2021 i think he was one of the first ones to be attached to the movie and he was the big name Mm -hmm. and and it just so I think there was a little bit of star power they were trying to go with at that point, but mm-hmm. it just, he, he didn't, he just didn't do yeah. a great job. He was, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't very good. No, I like he, he, he almost took me out of the movie. Like, you know, right. he just didn't, I don't know. And maybe it's just because I'm watching this because Don Cheadle is so much better at, in this role. But like, I like, and, and even when I saw this, I was just like, man, I don't even, I don't understand why he's in this role. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I just don't, I don't like him in this role at all. Actually. Yeah. Uh, next time, baby. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just was too much. It was, it was like, he was trying to 
to be the Terrence Howard show or something. And it was like, no, know your role, my friend. Yeah. This is not your movie. Yeah. What do you think, Laron? You didn't say much. Uh, uh, you know what? Um, I really didn't have that big of a problem with uh, Terrence Howard like portraying portraying uh, Rhodey. Now I will say, like, yeah, Don Cheadle definitely is the stronger the stronger character portraying. It was a stronger actor portraying that character. Um, uh, I've I think the I think the problem that that Terrence Howard had is um is he probably just never could find the balance between the comedy that that wrote James Rhodes brings to the to this to the to like all of his scenes and the seriousness because like because like if you look at how Don Cheadle Don Cheadle plays it so he plays it so straight that you know I was like okay he's funny but he's being serious right now too you mm-hmm. know whereas whereas Terrence Howard it was unbalanced I was like okay he's funny and this is an Air Force Colonel we we supposed to take him seriously but we can't take him seriously because they're too busy laughing or the times that you know he's being serious like when you know like in one of the major scenes where like he's like he where he's trying to figure out like are they fighting a drone or whatnot you know like he's being serious but like his lines are coming off you know kind of comedic you know mm-hmm. and right. yeah like he I, I feel like I feel like he just never could find the balance and you know is it you know it's it's bad to say because Terrence Howard himself is not a bad actor yeah that's what um, I was saying you know like he's not a terrible problem, actor at all the problem is like he's been stereotyped by so many other roles that he's been played that you know like a lot of people going in there from Terrence Howard they're expecting to see something and they're like wait this is throwing me you know mm-hmm. and then you know and like i said the fact that he has a script where he's supposed to come off comedy like i've never really known Terrence Howard to have like comedic chops <laughs> yeah 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 so i mean i yeah. i i think i think obviously uh don Cheadle is that, like we all said is the better roadie uh i wish there was a way they could like edit him into this movie <laughs> but i mean i know i know they're not going to but man <laughs> uh happy hogan and played by the director john favreau um you know he wasn't in it a lot man, but he's... man it was amazing like like it was amazing seeing how skinny john favreau was back then I know. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like we we fast forward now, like Spider Man, uh, uh what was it? Spider Man, not not Homecoming. I, I, I get no all those home. names. No way home, yeah, far no from way. home. I'm getting I'm getting home all alone. those. Oh yeah, well I haven't seen No Way Home yet, so uh, so far from home. Like I'm getting all those movies confused because they're all troping like the the word home, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, but uh but yeah like seeing him now like you know and like his current appearances in like the spider-man movies like man but you know then again you know favreau's also got a got a cooking show and all that stuff so you know like hey man let, let the man eat and he's also like building the star wars universe right now on disney plus too right. so i mean right. oh oh yeah. yeah that guy that guy knows how to build a universe i guess <laughs> at least start one right so uh, yeah i think i mean i think it's nice that he was um he cast himself in this role um, and it's kind of, I just love, I know we're not talking about future movies, but, but I love that he's just been a constant presence throughout the year because he really is kind of the, I mean, he started the, I know he didn't start the whole MCU, but he directed Iron Man, right? So he was integral to the, that really set the tone for what these movies are. They're character driven, they're, they're funny, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're not afraid to show some emotion, but they're kind mm-hmm. of light and breezy and um and so he really set that tone um and so it's nice to see him show up um in all of these different movies because it's just a little reminder that you know you know 
dad's home. Like he, here yeah. he comes. He's he's yeah. checking in on his kids. You know. And you know, I haven't I haven't seen No Way Home either, but at least in like seeing him in Far From Home, like he's still like he's still doing his job for Peter now. You know, like I mean, yeah, yeah. He's, it's like you said, Mark. It's really nice to see him continue to be a part of this universe, even though like he's not really like a real part of the universe. He's just like that nice reminder of, you know, and we'll probably talk about this when we talk about Iron Man too, but, but it, it did not for a while, it did not go well between John Favreau and, and Marvel. And so to see him coming back and doing that, it's just like a nice little, you know, not that it went horribly, but but mm-hmm. there were just some behind the scenes stuff, and, and right. we'll talk about that more. But but it's it's just kind of nice to see him um, return, even though he never returned to direct another movie after Iron Man two. But he's still a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, the last of the major characters in this movie, uh, not knowing he would become such a popular slash main focus of at least Phase one, right? Uh, Agent Phil Coulson, uh, played by Clark Gregg, is just perfect. Like, <laughs> you could just yeah. see his... It, it, he doesn't really do anything that's that comical or funny in this, ex- except for when they put that little bomb on the door, and they all walk away and kind of stand with their arms folded over, and then he just does it very deliberately, like... Like very, yeah. <laughs> very deliberately he does it. And it was so weird. what I liked about yeah. what I liked about uh, Clark Gregg's uh, agent Coulson, like in phase one is like is like basically he had that role where like when he showed up, everybody was like, hey, it's that guy. Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those things. Yeah. And, you know, like we see we see. So it's crazy that we see Coulson like, you know, like evolve, you know, all the way up to Avengers. And then, you know, like he basically becomes his own entity, you know, through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then and then and then just when we just when we thought we couldn't get any more Coulson, then, you know, he shows up in uh, Captain Marvel. Right. <laughs> yeah. He just plays the role with such an earnestness. You know, he just seems like I'm just lucky to be here, guys. <laughs> and so he just he is 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 the everyman presence, and he is um, yeah, he's, he's great in the role. Colson is like Colson's like Colson's my one of my favorite. It, actually, he is my favorite. Uh, he's my favorite character. You know that is spawned through the MCU. Like it's, he just likes him because like, he got his own show that nobody cares about except for him. <laughs> well that's not it that's not it. i don't know like i've there's always been something about clark Gregg i've actually liked and you know yep. the way he the way he portrays like colson is like is like it's it, this is this is a nerd that saves the world <laughs> yeah 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 it's uh it's it's great i this cast man it's just, it's just a great cast they all have great chemistry there's not like there's not like one person who I mean, well, Terrence Howard, I guess, but there's not like they don't ruin. Nobody like ruins anything for anybody else, you know. Like everybody plays off of each other well. It's all pretty believable. I the one thing I do like about this movie, which is kind of like my not my problem with the MCU moving forward or recently, but like my like a concern I have is like this movie felt really grounded, and everything through Phase One really felt grounded. 
and uh i mean i know we're getting into the cosmic stuff and the multiverse stuff and the magic stuff which is which is great and stuff but like i i i really appreciated this movie because it was grounded and uh i don't know i just i i really enjoyed this whole movie you know just a smart guy building robot a robotic suit out of you know in his basement and shooting stuff <laughs> i guess he's like yeah. batman well, and it's a it's a redemption story it's a redemption story in front of the camera and behind the camera and that's something that people people love redemption stories they love seeing themselves in the stories that they're that they're watching and so it, you know it's it's a story about you know on camera tony stark trying to salvage his his reputation and and kind of find his place in making the world a better place behind the scenes it's about robert downing jr trying to salvage his career and show that he's got something left to say instead of people saying things about him for kevin feige and marvel it's about them salvaging marvel's reputation who filed for bankruptcy and sold all of their rights to all of their characters um, before this movie came out and then we're able to slowly start to buy that back you know and so through and through it's a redemption story um mm-hmm. john favreau hadn't done anything big um before directing this movie except for elf which was phenomenal uh, but not an action movie and then he directed zathura which was the sequel to jumanji um which technically was good like from a direct directorial standpoint but bombed in the box office so so yeah. it was across the board a redemption story and i think that that's why I think that that's what makes this movie so special is not what, not just what it started, but that everyone on there was, was there not just to make a movie, but to make something like to, to make their lives better. And it shows through everything throughout the film. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I want to kind of talk about our, I kind of want to talk about our favorite moments of the movie now. If, if that's cool with people, everybody. Favorite, favorite moments. Uh, Mark, you, <laughs> that's why I love having Mark on the show. Uh, your favorite moments. Like what, what did you like about this movie? Like what were your standouts? Um, well, uh, my, I mean, obviously the scene where he is like finally Iron Man and he goes to Gomira and is, is blows up the tank. I mean, that is a badass scene. That is a fantastic scene. Uh, but my absolute favorite f- moment in this film um it also has to do with my favorite moment in avengers endgame is when tony stark is found um after he's been captured and he said you know he says i want american cheeseburger and i want you know whatever and they go and get a cheeseburger and the reason why i love that moment is because if you know robert downey jr's story his rock bottom moment was in the bathroom of a burger king and he realized he was he needed to change his life and so he wanted burger king to be represented in the movie and so he's eating a burger king burger in that scene and i just love that story i love the fact that you know it didn't distract from the film if you didn't know it it's just a funny line he wants a burger and he's eating a burger right it has nothing to do with really anything but if you know if you dive in a little bit deeper it, it it's it's again that story of redemption um and it and it it just humanizes everything it makes him a real human character who who does these fantastical things but then at the end of the day like 
wants to do better for himself. And so that is my hands down, one of my favorite moments in the MCU. Um, my definitely my favorite moment in this movie. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, I love that tiny little moment. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I guess I didn't really realize that either. Like I was like, Oh, product placement. Burger King must have sponsored this movie. <laughs> like that's, that was my thought. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, yeah. I was like, uh, well, I do enjoy a good uh, rodeo burger. But... <laughs> uh, Laurent, what what cool moments are your favorites in this movie? Uh, my favorite moment was one one of my favorite moments was definitely like the uh, the the dog fighting scene when, um, when they were trying to figure, when the, when the air force was trying to figure out like what the hell just happened, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and they send, and they send out a couple of jets to investigate and stuff like that. And they keep seeing it as like, we think this is a UAV is like, it's, it, it's tiny. and <laughs> stuff like that. Like that whole, that whole scene, the way that played out was actually pretty funny. Even though I did mention that, you know, like as like, as like, you know, Terrence Howard was playing this out, you know, I was like, okay, this is a pretty serious moment, but you know, like it's coming off kind of, kind of chuckle chuckle funny you know and so like that and then uh and then and then i guess i guess what i guess kind of the magic of that scene though is like is like rose calls it calls tony he's like hey like do you have any tech out out where you where we picked you up that and, uh, and 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 tony's just lying through his teeth and everything and he's even he's even terribly lying because at one moment he was like he's like he's like oh i'm driving with the top down and then, and then he's like well you sound like you're out of breath oh i'm running right now and he's like you just said you're driving with your top now <laughs> Stuff like that. yeah um but actually i want i think my i think my favorite favorite scene in the movie is is not even an action scene it was a scene where he, it was a scene where he was finally changing out that 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 hybrid uh, arc reactor out of his chest and he had pepper help helping him and that was uh, that was such a it was just a wonderfully like 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 well well acted scene you know like you know it's a serious moment because yeah at one point like he actually is going into cardiac arrest and stuff like that but at the same time you know like it was one of those situations where you know it, you you actually saw that blossoming thing happening with um with tony and pepper that would that would play itself out throughout the um Throughout the how many movies ran by the time we got the end game? Like, like I, I, I forget. One, two, three, Yeah, but we got, but we got to see. We got to. I feel like that movie was. I mean, I feel like that scene in the movie was the start of where we saw like something was going to, something was going to happen with them. I, that's mm -hmm. yeah. So that's that's my favorite. Like you know, oh, and. And honorable mentions go to all the all the testing scenes that he did in the robot oh, yeah, sure. with, with the with the robot drone that you know was basically just like <laughs> hosing him down with, 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 <laughs> with fire yeah. with fire repellent every every time he twitched. <laughs> yeah, and then like when he finally like hurt like flipped himself up and hurt himself like when he fell through the roof or whatever and it, it, it took it, it, it took it like a whole minute before yeah it was like a to, like, huge delay <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious yeah that that part's so funny um i like i really liked the so <laughs> i guess we'll get to this more in the in the next like what really missed for us and i think all of us kind of have the same idea of what missed uh but like the action scene against ironmonger and the in the at the end like in the final act of the movie like not the fight in particular but there are certain moments like when he like flew through the bus right or like mm -hmm. he caught the car and like kind of set it down was pretty cool looking right like I, I think a lot of the 
when there was action on screen, I think it was done really well. Like the computer animation was definitely done really well, especially for 2008. Right. Like, I mean, there was like, that's where like all this budget went, you know, uh, it kind of reminded me of like Jurassic park a little bit where like they filmed so much around (laughs) using computer animation to where they didn't have to. Right. And then when they did, they went all in on it, you know? And, uh, I really, I really thought it was animated well, uh, as someone who went to school for art and design and stuff, like when it's not done well, it really sticks out. Like it really sticks out. And, uh, the fact that I couldn't really tell what was real and what wasn't in most of the movie was really cool. Yeah, I, I was reading, you know, John Favreau was, was really against, which is interesting now because he um, has since directed The Lion King and The Jungle Book, which was all completely CGI. Yeah. But um, he was really against computer-generated graphics, and so he wanted to do everything practically, and he was saying it wasn't until – because. Uh, t- Transformers came out in 2007 and so it wasn't until Transformers came out when he saw that they really did they really um, I mean say what you will about that movie the transforming scenes in particular really showcased that hard metallic surfaces could look real mm-hmm. in a computer graphic uh, as computer generated images and so he then went <coughs> excuse me he then went back in and added in more scenes showing Tony Stark putting on the suit and all of these things, gears and things whizzing mm-hmm. and whirring because he was like, okay, we can't really do this. But everything for the most part was very practically done. Mm-hmm. This was so the, the first Iron Man suit was real. Mm-hmm. The person in the suit, it wasn't Robert Downey Jr., but the person in the suit was shooting 20-foot flamethrowers. Like, mm-hmm. it was real and not uh, fake, not graphically, like computer graphics. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that the animation in this movie was was really incredible for 2008. Yeah, and uh, this was the o- this was the only movie where the suit, like they had a fully suited person. Every uh-huh. all every other movie, every other movie Iron Man's been in, it's been CG, at least part right. mo- parts of it, if not most of it, if not all of it, CG. Right. So, uh, very impressive, uh, man. We got to do Transformers at some point now, guys. You brought up Transformers. <laughs> we got to do Transformers. No, no, we don't. I've yes, only do. seen the first one, and I did not like it. Oh man, uh, I, 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 I tapped, I tapped out in the second one. Am I the only loser who likes those first three movies? The fourth movie is like the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. But I kind of really liked those first three movies. I'm willing to do it, and the music from the first one is the score is fantastic. So I'm willing to do it, but. I did not like the first one. Wait, but, didn't 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 Michael Giacchino do uh the the Transformers? No, it was um. I'll tell you. He's gonna tell us, everybody. Yeah. Uh, but man, the I like I thought that Transformers really showcased how good computer animation can be if you yeah. like really spend. That's a lot true. Of money I on agree. It. Uh, I agree. Steve Jablonski. Okay, I have no idea who that is. I heard of that guy. He did Transformers. Just kidding. I've never heard of him. Sorry. Uh, But yeah, I I really also like the scene where like he he the robots are trying to figure out how to take his suit off, and Pepper walks in on him, 
<laughs> and he's just like, like there's this really long pause, and he's just like, let's face it, this isn't the worst thing you've ever caught me doing. <laughs> Which was yeah. yeah, it was that was a cute scene. It was it was good. Uh, all right, so I kind of want to talk about this third act in particular in terms of really Jeff Bridges' performance really kind of felt not great. Uh, especially like he, it's so over the top to where like, if he did it, if he like, I don't mind the over the topness of the villain, but only if it's done right. And I just really felt like this was not done great. Like it's serviceable, it's passable, but it's not like, it's not great. Especially when he's like, Tony, you like my new yeah, yeah. suit? It was, it was almost, it was, it was almost like, it was almost like, uh, like, like somehow, like Obadiah's character was supposed to have transformed into something before right. he put the suit on. Yeah. But you right. know, like all we, all we knew was it was just some dude that was desperate to like, to like get a piece of the pie that's that Tony had, you know, and, and I was like, I was like, dude, did you, did your IQ just drop like, like forty points? Like, what, right. what happened? Right. You know, like you're what's, you're you're pre- you're pretty intelligent too. Like, what what what's up? Right. What's unfortunate in that scene is because I remember thinking, well, this kind of took a turn for the worse when I first saw it, um, and I've seen it many times since then. But when I was watching it specifically to record this episode, I, you know, I was like, what is so? What what do I not like about the scene? Because the action is really good, and the action is kind of honestly surprising because I wouldn't call Iron Man an action movie until that last that last fight scene really mm-hmm. um and so to me i don't necessarily think it's it's uh jeff bridge's performance i think it comes down to the choice that they made to change his voice because mm-hmm. it doesn't ring true in the universe that they're creating because tony stark's voice doesn't change when he's in the suit it's still his own voice and so to make it deeper and kind of bigger and a little bit more cartoony and make it sound like match the suit, which I understand what they're trying to do. It's this big yeah. suit, so they're trying to make it match the suit. But it just kind of seemed like a real broad cartoony choice. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they were to take that effect away and just have Jeff Bridges say the things that he was saying as Jeff Bridges playing Obadiah Singh. I feel like it would have come across a lot better and not so hammy. Kind of um, like how, kind of how, kind of like how they, like what they let James Spader do as Ultron. Like they, they just like here's right. the script. That was just think? James Spader being talking. Like he, they didn't change mm-hmm. his voice, and and that I, I think some people didn't like that. That worked for me, and so it, it, at least it rang true. And I think that that's what audiences want. I think audiences want things that ring true, and it just specifically in the rules that they set up in the movie, Tony Stark talked and sounded like himself when he was in the suit it didn't ring true for what they had already set up for Obadiah Stane to speak differently and then on top of that the things that he was saying were very stupid and very mustache twirling villain and so (laughs) but then you add the cartoony voice and it's just like this is a this this third act feels like it belongs to a different movie um but I feel like it could be salvaged with some different choices is it me or you because I just I just watched I just watch the movie I, I watched the movie in preparation for this is it me or did it or did it feel like or did it seem like the reason was a little too flimsy for why he was doing what he was doing yeah yeah you know he was jealous that you know like like you know like basically tony's parents had died and you know like he basically had to like be the regent to this kid before the kid took over the empire and stuff like that but at the same time did it also seem just a little 
flimsy, like how he got to that point. Because let's let's look at this. Like if in the real world, if like you're a person, if you're a proxy for somebody, if you make the right choices, like you're making you're making billions of dollars, you know, while you're in that role. So it's not like it's not like the money or the potential of money that you're going to make like he disappears the moment this child turns 21 and all of a sudden he takes over the company that he was meant to take over. Like if you do it right, you're going to be just as rich. Or did I miss yeah. something there? No, I, I think, I think that they, I think some things were cut out or I think some things didn't really connect. I think the point that they were trying to make was he was caught and implicated in doing back, backroom deals with selling guns to terrorists right so it wasn't just about making money now he's facing jail time and then he there's proof that he tried he had a hit on tony Stark. yes so so then at this point he's just like this whole time he's just trying to get this tech to sell it to bad guys and make more money and become really rich but then he's caught so he's got nothing to lose so that he's like well screw it i'm gonna be a bad guy now right so, but but I think that some of that nuance was lost in some editing and whatever. But I think that that was the story that they were trying to tell. He was well, a desperate know, man at the end of his rope, trying to salvage what he could. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, now that you explain it like that, you know, it makes perfect sense why, like, he was basically a one and done villain. Uh, right. And let's and let's just think about this for a second. Like, we we've watched a lot of MCU. There hasn't been many villains coming back. There hasn't. Right. Like, like shoot, like the like. But like the only one I think can say has really come back is Red Skull, and he wasn't technically a villain his second time around. Right. Well, I mean, there's Loki and Thanos. Oh, oh well, yeah. Loki. Well, Thanos. Thanos was Thanos was a villain until until he was all of a sudden sympathetic, and it was like, oops. Right. right. I don't know. I watched What If. He was a. He was basically a comedy gold in yeah. that. You know, what? I never, I never, I never finished that. What if kind of crashed and burned for me? I yeah, never finished it. I, I only watched the, uh, I watched like three episodes, whatever the first three episodes were. I, I think uh, what if is going to be very, very, very important for future uh, Marvel movies. You know what I want? So I, I would recommend watching it. Side tangent from what if I want a Captain Carter movie. I, I think, I think. Or at least, a, at least at least a Disney Plus show. For sure, Captain Carter is going to be in uh, Doctor Strange too. No question. I'll. I'll uh, that's what I feel. Like, that's, what, that's that's honestly and, what I feel like. What if was all about? Like it was. It, I feel like it was some type of setup for for Doctor Strange for the new Doctor Strange. For sure. And was sure. and and you know like it's 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 crazy because like out of the out of the episodes I've seen, the Doctor Strange one was the best one out of what yeah. I've seen. Yeah, no, it was the best one out of all of them. And, and, yeah, and, the, and, and the Marvel Zombies was second was second place. I didn't like the way it, I, I didn't like the way it, it. Well, I feel like I feel like they can never quite end those episodes properly, you know. And I'm not. I feel like yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like they tried to cram. First of all, I I hated the art style. First of all, uh, you did? Yeah, I, I hate I hate yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't like I hate the art style of What If, hmm. but. I, I feel like they tried to cram a. They tried to cram probably at least an hour long story into twenty seven ish minutes. Yes, and not no offense to the actors who pl- like who came back to play the roles because it's very important, but like they're not. A lot of them aren't voiceover actors, and they weren't directed right. yeah. well, and a lot of it just sounded like 
they didn't know what they were doing. And well, weren't which, they still weren't they still weren't they still doing this stuff in in home in their own homes? It, yeah, I, but, I've heard a lot, I've but, heard a lot of actors had to build their own soundproof booth and and just record their lines. And, yeah, you know. but the the Chris Evans stand in and Captain and Captain Carter was awesome. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. The Black Widow stand in was fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. They 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 could have gotten soundalikes that do better a better, you know. That's just me. Back to Iron Man. Yeah, back to Iron Man. I don't. I don't. I, I, I didn't want to spin this off into the greater MCU. Well, or I mean, the, I mean, we're the outlier MCU. It, are there any other moments that kind of didn't really do it for you in this movie, or are we kind of all in agreement that that last kind of that act, last act? Yeah. 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 I mean, it wasn't a ter- It wasn't a terrible ending to the movie. I just think it could have been done better, mm-hmm. and Jeff Bridges' performance mm-hmm. wasn't great. It felt like a superhero movie in the third act. And yep. The entire movie before then didn't, and so it was kind of a letdown because it was like, "Wow, this is a real movie. This is not a superhero movie. This is like a real film." Mm-hmm. And then it's like, "Oh no, here it is." And yeah. they, they couldn't quite get the ending right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, can't talk about a Marvel movie without talking about the end credit scene. Which is very nice of Disney Plus to put a skip credits button at the end of the movie, so we can get right to the scene. Uh, so the the I'll just set up the end credit scene first, and then we'll kind of talk about our our initial impressions and whatever. At the end at the end of the credits, Tony Stark walks into his home, right and here's the phone ring right and then he goes to answer it and the power kind of goes out right and then nick fury is standing behind the couch which nobody really knows who it is yet and uh i think a lot of people were like if whoever stayed to watch it that first time probably at Uh first probably assumed it was setting up the next movie which it kind of but not it it was more the you know, he turns around and says, I'm who are you? And he's like, I'm Nick Fury and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. And I'm sure by like the, a lot of people went nuts for that. By the way, by the way, in that in that in that early screening that I saw for, for Iron Man, they didn't have the end credit scene. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I think I think it was them setting us up so that we actually went back to the theaters and paid real money to watch the movie. Right? Oh, I'm well, sure. hundred percent. Well, Honestly, what I read was they the the whole thought of doing a post credit scene was because they didn't think necessarily that it was going to work. They weren't sure that they were going to be able to pull. I mean, in order to get to Avengers, they had to do Iron Man, which was a risk. They thought Hulk was going to be a success, but Captain America set in the forties. They had no idea if that was going to work, and then uh, Thor about a Norse god they're like so they had to get through all of those films before getting to Avengers and so they're like we may not get we may go bankrupt after this first movie so they stuck it behind the credits out of necessity in case it didn't pan out and they didn't film it until the very end because it was just kind of like a a pie in the sky idea um they didn't even sign Samuel L. Jackson on to a to a deal until after Iron Man 2 so it was it was a it was a just like with everything with Iron Man it was a gamble to begin with. 
the comic the comic nerd in me loved the fact that there was in credit scenes because for the simple fact is like every time you read a comic book there's always like a slick for a little preview of the next comic that was coming out mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. so on that note i didn't even know there was an in credit scene until after i think thor came out whatever the third movie was thor was the third movie right or was it was captain america yeah. captain america was the fourth movie right no, and it must be yeah, Thor. Four, yeah, Captain America. Captain was the America was the fourth. Like, yeah, because Captain, Captain America was the one that was Iron immediately to Captain America. Thor's the fifth. Okay. And so Wait, Thor's the Thor's the fifth. Yeah, because Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man two, is the third one. Captain yeah. America. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I didn't even okay. know there was an end credit scene to Iron Man one, until after I saw Iron Man two. Because I just wasn't paying attention. I I saw the Hulk one because it's like a mid credit scene. It's not an end credit scene. It's like a mid credit right. scene, and uh, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I guess they're tying these movies together." Because like, I, I liked those movies, but at the time, I didn't. I was dumb and didn't really realize what they were setting up or trying to do. I was just like, "Oh, right. cool, more superhero movies," and oh, they might they might do an Iron Man Hulk movie one day. That's neat, <laughs> and. Uh, by the way, like that, and well, we'll talk about it next the next episode because that end credit scene in Hulk is kind of like doesn't really f- make sense uh, now. Terrific! I actually, I actually have to watch that film. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I never. Laron uh, didn't okay, want to so, include it. You jerk. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. It counts. One hundred percent, it counts. Yeah, apparently it does. But my my whole thing is that um. My whole thing is that basically, you know, um, and you guys will hear me say this when we start doing Spider-Man. Like, um, like I hate when they re- reboot films way too early. Yeah. Like, I yeah, do. I so, and, you know, like, I'm, I, I'm, it's not the fact that I'm even pissed off about, like, the whole Eric Bana, Ang Lee movie. Like, I'm not even upset about that. I'm like, man, you just, you just, you just did this. You're starting over again, you know? And then, you mm-hmm. know, here comes, here comes, you know... Andrew Garfield Spider Man, like you just did this, you're just getting in Tom Holland Spider Man. I was like, wait, uh, well, hold hold the hell on, you know. <laughs> like I almost, I almost did not, did not go see those the the Tom Holland Spider Man movies uh, until I found out that it was like, oh, this is Peter Parker still in high school. I'll, I'll go, I'll go check it out, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I so this in credit scene, like when I finally watched it and I kind of like, I didn't see the in credit scene until after I saw a couple other in credit scenes and I was, and it didn't have the same impact as I'm sure it would have had a, if I was up on the Avengers. Cause I was at that time, I still didn't really care about the Avengers. I was always the, I was always an X-Men first guy. And I even tried to defend X-Men three for a while. And, uh, you know, I one of those, I even tried to defend X-Men origins Wolverine for a while. I was that guy. So, uh, by the way, movie, not good. Uh, we need to do those movies. There are, too, good, though. There are good parts to it. There are bad parts to it. I love the X-Men movies. I do too. They are. I love the X-Men movies because I know they're not great and I'm going to go in right. for a good time and I'm going to hear Hugh Jackman scream and stab someone. Yeah. That's exactly what they're for. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, do we? I mean, so obviously, next is Incredible Hulk. Do we kind of want to talk about how Iron, like, uh, what in Iron Man one 
stuck around till now, really. Because as of this as of this recording, the latest movie is No Way Home, right? And yep. Doctor Strange is coming up and Hawkeye is done. So those that's kind of like where we're at as of this recording. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean I mean I think and I think I kind of said this earlier, but it, it Iron Man one has had so many implications in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It, so many movies wouldn't exist if it weren't for Iron Man one. I mean that great scene that we talked about where Jeff Bridges is yelling at the scientist, that was the crux of the big reveal in Spider-Man Far From Home, where you learn that spoiler alert, Mysterio is a disgruntled uh, uh, Stark Enterprises. Stark Enterprise. Yep. And so, right. And so they 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 show that scene. And so, like, there are so many movies and now TV shows that wouldn't exist if it weren't for this first movie, which is again crazy to think about because it's such a small film. But the 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 stories that they're able to mine out of this one small film, I mean, we're still feeling it today. I mean, Shang Chi just came out. And and the Mandarin is is the villain in, in Shang Chi, yep. and so we're we're feeling that the Ten Rings are in Shang Chi, so we get to learn a little bit more about about the organization that that kidnapped Tony Stark. So so it it has had the most impact on the MCU out of any film that they've made, out of any project that they've made. Iron Man One is the is the one that has had the most. Yeah, I, I, I can't say any, I can't say anything more than you said. Like that, that's that's perfect. Yeah, I sorry, I was I was muted, and uh, I, yeah, Iron Man just it, like I like even watching it, going back and watching it, right? Like seeing, just what's happening now. Like, like you said, like they they talk about the Ten Rings. They talk about you know so many things, and the, like seeing the guy from. Spider-Man in there, like you said, Mark, like all these little things. It's amazing how much they've kept up with through almost 30 movies based on this one movie, right? Like like you said, Mark, Spider-Man wouldn't exist without Tony Stark in the MCU. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it's insane. It's so crazy what this one movie, this small movie that like is a, it's a, great movie it's not an amazing movie but it's a it's a great movie but what it kicked off and what they're still calling back to and who knows what we're going to see in in the next couple years right that still call back to this movie it's just crazy it's awesome yeah uh so normally (laughs) we would wrap the show with a ranking obviously iron man's the first movie so it's going to sit here at Number one, we should probably have a have a list going. Uh, I'm gonna write this down in my head. Uh, I mean, we could probably just keep it going in our Discord. It's like I'd a imagine that they would stay at number one for for a, a bit. Yeah, uh, for, for quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, because we got some we got some stinkers following following that up. Yeah. Uh, do we? Yep. Do we? Okay, okay. You know what? You know what? Here's a quick here's a quick preview. Like I did not appreciate the first Thor movie. I had not appreciate oh, Iron Man 2. I love the first Thor movie. 
Mm-hmm. The third act mm-hmm. wasn't great, but the first two acts. No, no, no. That I feel like I feel like that movie. Mm, it's just like how I say the second Star Trek movie, Star, Star Trek in the Darkness, wasn't all that good. It it wasn't it wasn't a good superhero film in my opinion, and it wasn't really a good action film. Mm-hmm. Now maybe oh. now given that we're in the series again, given that we're in the series right now, I'm gonna have to watch it again apparently because you, you know, know like it's not fresh it's not fresh in my brain. But I will say this: I actually appreciate Dark World a lot better than I appreciate Ooh. Thor One. Ooh. And <laughs> and apparently everyone hates the dark the Dark World, which I don't get I... because well, well, hold on hold on how how do we not appreciate Dark World when Spoilers in Endgame, the the moment in time they go back to is in the dark world. Yeah, because they had to do. So, they were like, "Here's the biggest stinker of our past ten years. We got to do something to try to redeem it." So here's the thing. I, I, I don't want to hear it. Here, here's the thing. I've only seen Thor: The Dark World once, and I don't remember anything about it. So. You know, faced. So okay. So there I actually go. went through like this weird kind of jumping around like I, I i tried to watch them in order but i skipped thor the dark world because i was like i think people don't like this movie so i'm just gonna skip it even though it probably is important i don't i don't rem- phase two was not like a great phase of the mcu what phase two was kind of yeah. like i mean like we had winter, the winter, we had winter we soldier, had the winter soldier. So, hold on hold on hold on winter soldier is person is personally my favorite mcu movie it's the only the uh, you know obviously we're gonna rewatch them that might change but right now that is personally my favorite mcu movie it's the only good to great movie out of phase two in my opinion yeah i would think overall like Phase one was kind of the building thing. Phase two kind of took a little bit of a step back. It had some higher highs mm-hmm. than phase one, but it had some lower lows mm-hmm. than phase one. And then phase three is really where it really kind of got very creative and mm-hmm. kind of got okay, to see. And so, so, so let's I, see. I, got, have, I, have, I do have something. Three. I do Going have something world. fun we could do right now. Since we, since we can't really rank anything right now, we could predict our rankings of phase one right now. Like as like, I mean, I know some of us have probably seen some of the movies more recent than others, but like where I sit right now, I don't, the only phase one movie I think I've rewatched besides Iron Man in the last probably year is the first Captain America movie, I think. And I, like, I really, I really love that movie. I know it's not great, but I, I really love that movie for some reason. Uh, so, like, if we want to kind of, like, predict where our personal rankings are and then kind of form a prediction ranking of Phase 1. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, we had we had Iron Man. Then we had The Incredible Hulk. They both came out in the same year. Then we yeah, had like Iron two Man months two apart. In, in, 22, in 2010. Right. Thor, was in, Thor was in 2011. Captain America was in 2011 as well. And then we had Avengers in 2012. So, mm-hmm. there's our one, two, three, four. There's f- six movies. For phase one. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know what? You guys start. I'm gonna give myself a number score for each movie, and then I'll tell you what the average is. Well, yeah. Me. Well, what I want to do is kind of like have, like, do like a mathematical list here, where like 
our number ones are five points, our number fives are one point, and then we kind okay, of okay. Like, that's that's kind of what I was doing. Yeah. Okay. And then kind of like predict the list from here because I think this is, the list is going to be ridiculous <laughs> once we get through these first five, uh, six films, right? There's six. There's six, right? Yeah. Six. Yeah. Six. Okay. So, um, Mark, do you want to go first? Yeah. So I'm just telling you, like one, two, three, four, five, six. My yeah. order. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do six to one. Okay. Six to one. <laughs> yeah. So okay. six is the Incredible Hulk. Five is Iron Man two. Four is Captain America. Three is Thor. Okay. I can't decide. I think two is Avengers and one is, is Iron Man. Uh, okay. What about you, Laron? Okay, I guess I'll do the same thing, Mark. <laughs> so I'll go, from, I'll go from six to one. Six, six is uh, six is Iron Man two. Five is Thor. You know what? I'm being nice to Incredible Hulk right now, so I'll give. I'll give that a four. I'm being nice because um because I would I would have automatically said it was a five or a six, but you know I'll I'll be nice right now because I I need to rewatch it and be more objective. Um, number three is a uh, Captain America. Number two is Avengers, and number one is Iron Man. Man, Iron Man is getting some love here. Oh man. Okay, so I guess my list. Man, my list is incredibly different from both of yours. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's hear. Let, let's hear you. I bet Thor okay. is number one. No, God, no. Watch. No, I I don't like Thor at all. Oh, I did, did, oh okay. Uh, well, Thor is my. Well, why'd you Why'd you cheerlead for it a moment ago? Then. <laughs> oh, I said. Wait, I didn't. I cheerleaded. Yeah, it was Mark. I, I didn't thought, I say anything him. about Thor. I thought okay. Thor is okay. Thor was weird. It felt like the most low budget of all of the MCU up to this point, which I think when I looked up the budgets, it was the lowest budget. <laughs> now, when we hit now when we hit the phase with Thor Ragnarok's in, talk to me again. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I'm not as high on Thor Ragnarok as everybody else. I I don't think. Man, Thor Ragnarok. I just don't think it's a Thor film. I think it's a good movie. I just don't think it's a Thor film. Okay, you know what? You know what? I can, I can agree with you um, uh, with that, Mark, because you know what? I don't like Thor, the Thor comics. So, and no, I, think I don't really I, either. I just think it's a different character than who they had been building up thus far in the MCU. I feel like I feel like I feel like I feel like Ragnarok had the strong one of the strongest. And I don't even mean I don't mean this metaphorically either. I I feel like I feel like Hela was one of the strongest villains. And like everything they had tried out in the MCU, I feel like, I feel like she was damn near stronger than freaking Thanos. And Thanos is the is the is the <laughs> extinction level event. All right, here's here's right, here's here's my ranking. Uh, Thor Thor at six, Hulk at five, uh, uh, Iron Man two at four, Avengers three, Iron Man two, and Captain America one. Okay. So I'm gonna. I'm going to try to do this math real quick unless Mark looks like he's being real studious over there. I can't tell if he's doing math or not. I'm writing down everyone's things. Oh, I I also did. I was trying. No, right. <laughs> no go ahead. You you're the I MCU being, man. I was no, being, I wasn't doing the math. I wasn't doing Oh, you the weren't math. doing the I was math. Just writing down. Oh, okay. So it's just for posterity, I don't know. Okay, so oh, I was I was being completely irresponsible and not doing that. 
Hold on. I I just want to see. <laughs> Man, math is hard right now. Uh, do do do. Writing everything down. So, Hulk has one point. Uh, one plus three is four. Plus two is six. So Hulk is six. Hulk. Whoops. Wrote Halo instead. Hulk. Oh my gosh. Come on. Hulk. Somebody has six a problem. points. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, Iron Man 2. So there's two points. Three points. Six points. Iron Man 2 also has six points. So far. Iron Man 2 and Hulk are tied at 6. This is this is great radio. So, someone keep the ball rolling so I don't have to keep rambling about the math. <laughs> Unless this is good content. Actually, I don't no, no, no. This, no, this is good content. Everybody everybody learns how bad Corey is at math now. Shut up. This is why I'm this is why I went to school for art and not I'm not an engineer, okay? Uh three or we tease them with the results <laughs> at the beginning of the next episode. Do we want to do that? No, yeah, I, I was. Well, I mean, we can. I just well, making a joke. Mm, I mean, we could. So I was mostly making a joke. Oh well, three. So Captain America, three, uh, seven. What's seven plus six? Thirteen. 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 Captain America is in the lead by over double. Uh. Thor, so four, six, seven. Thor is at seven points. All right. Uh, Avengers, so, uh, five, ten. Ten plus three. Avengers is at 13 That's, that's kind of low. Yeah. Uh, so we have the highest could be 18. Wait, did I miss one? No, I didn't miss one. Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, so 6, 12, 6, 12 plus 5 is 17. So Iron yeah. Man 1 is at 17. So that means uh, Iron Man is in, is predicted to be first place. At 17 points. And then at two would be Avengers and Captain America. Oh. Did I math wrong? No, that sounds right. Avengers is in second. So second place for Mark and Laurent. So that's 10 points. And then me, it was at in third place. So that's four points. Oh, it's 14 points. I math wrong. Oh, okay. So okay. Avengers is second. Uh, Captain America is third. Captain America is third. And then we have uh, Thor as at four, <laughs> fourth place. Man, y'all are nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Iron Man and Hulk come up in fifth and sixth place. Wait, Man, when when you when you rewatch Thor, watch that first two thirds. It is a good movie. So here's our prediction ranking officially Iron Man at number one, Avengers at two, Captain America at three, Thor at four, Iron Man two at five, 
and Incredible Hulk in last place, which I think Hulk's a better movie than that, but that's just me. I may change my mind when we get to Avengers and make it. I, I may change my I may change my mind about the the Incredible Hulk because now I, apparently I have to take it seriously. So you do <laughs> take it very seriously. I expect I, I I expect some Hulk hands on the next episode, Leron. I expect your face to be painted green. I expect wait, wait, some purple wait, wait, shorts. Wait, wait, that's the next. That's the next episode. Crap, I don't even have a buff. I don't even have buffer time for this. Jeez. Mm, you're right. You don't. <sighs> you don't. Uh, but do they have? Do they have it in 4K? <laughs> yeah, they do. So go get. Maybe it. that'll help me enjoy it. Maybe that'll help me. Enjoy it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of Sander Definition. Uh. Well, thank everybody for watching and or listening. Remember, you can get the show two weeks early over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Russian network. Uh, thank you, Mark and the run for taking the time to do this. This is always a, a pleasure. This is a big task. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's okay. like we're committed. Uh, well, if we're doing, if wait, if we're, we're recording this every other week, right? Yeah. We're but, basically, we're so, basically doing this entire, the entire year. Well, we have to. I think we have to record next week as well. But I mean, the episodes will release every other week. We can record whenever, right? But the show will release every other. The Marvel Cinematic Universe will release every other week. So, gotcha. um, But yeah, Uh, Mark, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me uh, at Boss Rush, uh, writing articles. Uh, sometimes weekly, we'll see. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is except in Pereira. Laurent. Uh, Exodus eight zero three. E X O D U S eight zero three. Find it everywhere. Social media, uh, Twitch and YouTube, uh, gamer tags for PlayStation Network and Xbox. Um, I'm even called Exodus eight zero three on Nintendo Switch, but I don't know my Switch code, so you know. Why not? You didn't memorize your 16-digit number you have to hand out to everybody? Man, do you know Man, do you know how long it took me to uh, memorize my driver's license number? Because in the state of Virginia, that's a big deal. <laughs> oh, no, did not. I've never even looked at my driver's license number. I know it starts with exactly. S- SP something. So Yeah, you know, you know it's crazy because in the state of Virginia, you can give your driver's license number, and it basically substitutes as your freaking social security number. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, not many people do it, but you can. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, Tuesday nights eight p eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Twitch.tv slash XS803 Crossroads PlayStation Podcast. Uh, me and some friends, we're just a bunch of nerds talking about PlayStation stuff and some PC gaming. Hmm. <laughs> Try to slowly incorporate that in there, are you? Which, which, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, I think eventually there's a bit, there's just be a PC game show. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Who's gonna be on it? Just you and you and are you gonna script it out and then it's just gonna be see, you talking to yourself? Uh, see, if I if I talk into the void, that's not gonna work. But like, <laughs> you could like script it out where like you do like you're like you film yourself talking about something and then you'll film yourself on a separate camera being the response with a different shirt on, right? In the, I don't yeah. know about that. <laughs> Uh, anyways, you can find me at I am Corey HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast every week on Wednesday nights. Right? Or well, we're not live, are we? Nope. Twitch.tv slash Boss Rush Network or on podcast services on Monday mornings. Also, you can get that three days early if you're a patron. Also, we, we pulled that little trigger too. 
So you can do that. Uh, you can also find me on Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast as well. I want to thank everybody so much for watching. Remember, your homework is to watch The Incredible Hulk because we're doing that in two weeks. Until next time, yes, goodbye, sir. everybody.